everybody welcome to another episode of nrs not rocket science episode officially five i think starting to get hang of this audio thing i'm pretty good in the box like coming up with beats and stuff but when it comes to live recording with mics not my strong suit and uh it's come to this i am now recording in my closet in my closet. I got weighted blankets. I got my computer resting on this container thing that has a bunch of old jackets. I'm doing this in the closet. I'm trying to get the best quality. It drives me nuts when I listen to something and the quality sucks. I get it. It's annoying. I'm trying as hard as I can to make a podcast that sounds good. Um, I mean, the mic I'm using, it's okay. It's a Blue Yeti. Um, it's considered, like, the best cheap mic or, like, the worst good mic you can use to do a podcast. I think the quality's pretty good, especially when I just listen to it. When I watch, when I listen to something else, like a, like a really high-level podcast, something that gets millions of downloads, it doesn't sound quite as good. I'm eventually going to get a uh, studio condenser mic and make it professional but I don't really want to do that until I have a good space because I'm not going to be able to just bring that thing anywhere and throw it in a container with a blanket on it um I'd want to have a real space to do the podcast when I when I have something like that so I'm getting there slowly um Another announcement or current events for the show. Um, I started Twitter and Instagram for the show. Uh, they have the same name. It's it's NRS underscore show. I don't think capitalization matters. But I, I just put one pick up for the last episode on Instagram. Instagram. Jesus. Uh, Instagram and on Twitter... I'm just reposting some stuff, throwing some tweets out there, responding to questionable TechCrunch articles, etc., etc. Um, I'm just, I'm just playing around on social media. Really, I'm not like approaching it like a job, but I'm also not approaching it as something I create and never touch. I'm pretty hands-on. Um, I've been doing something on it every day. Um, and I'm just trying to build this thing up. So if you want to subscribe to 
Twitter channel or the Instagram page or whatever, just please do it. Uh, it'll be very helpful for me, and I would appreciate it greatly. Um, that's all I got in terms of announcements. So today's episode, I want to just talk a little bit about influencer marketing, um, but I'm putting a spin on it because the royal wedding, as of now, was yesterday morning. Um, I want to talk a little bit about it through that lens, particularly uh, Meghan Markle. She's kind of like, I would say probably the biggest influencer in the world right now. Um, in terms of how we typically use the word influencer marketing, because she does, or she did at least have a pretty large web presence, um, along with being now a duchess or whatever. So I want to talk about influencer marketing and how it can affect a company, just how social media hype can affect a company um, in a very real way, not just like good conversion numbers or sales or anything, but in a really real way using Meghan Markle's influence as kind of like an example because it's the most extreme example. Um, I also, I watched The Royal Wedding. You guys watch? Okay, Anglophiles listening to this thing? Um, I'm not an Anglophile, but but I, uh, I watched the HBO streaming of it because they had Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon. They're... Uh, they do that little shtick. I forget. I forget the name. I know. I know. It's like cord and something. Hold on. Let me check it out. Uh, cord. Cord and Tish. Cord and Tish. Um, it's like an act that they've done. Sorry, I just hit a pipe or bag or something. Um, and I'm a real big SNL fan from even back in the day. I used to watch it in the '90s when I was a kid. So I always loved Molly Shannon. I thought she was awesome. And, uh, you know, Will Ferrell's, of course, Will Ferrell, genius. So I wanted to see what they did, and they killed it. If you guys want to watch something for a little while, it's pretty funny. Um, the Corden Tish live stream of the Royal Wedding was hilarious. Their chemistry is so good. Like You can tell when they were on SNL together, they built up a chemistry that cannot be touched or messed with still now, you know, 20 years later. Uh, it's so funny because it brings to light how silly it is to even, like, care about this thing. They just, oh, my God, they rip it to shreds. They, and Will Ferrell's character, Cord, he makes these, uh, these like, trailers about certain subjects that have to do with the royal wedding. Um, it was pretty funny. Like, he made one about the show Suits that Meghan Markle is on, but... He made it about like a menswear company, like like men's warehouse or something. It, it was. It sounds terrible. It's something you have to actually watch and be there. I know. It's one of those. All right, Just watch it. It's not hard. Everyone has an internet connection. Um, but I watched it. It was cool. You know, it was a nice ceremony. It was uh, definitely not what you would expect when you think of like British royal wedding. Um, they had like a full on gospel choir. It was really cool. It had a lot more of an authentic feel to it and less, like, pomp and circumstance. It felt authentic and more relatable. So I liked it. It was pretty cool. I liked the um, I liked the car that 
they eventually left in later on, that Jaguar, that thing was amazing. But that's besides the point. What I want to talk about is more on the beardness side of things. Um, I read this article recently from this site called Quartzly. Um, and then they linked to a New York Times article where it talked about the effect that Meghan Markle has on brand when she wears something. And besides just the article itself being interesting, it just made me think of like how new all this shit is. Like, even in the 90s with Princess Diana, sure, she would wear something and eventually it would take off. Um, I'm sure that was the case. And sales would increase for that company that she decides to wear. But I think the speed in which it occurs now is totally different because you can see um, a photo that was taken that day of her and you have all these tools at your disposal to research what exactly it is she's wearing and probably whatever article you're reading online already did that research for you just because access to information is so much quicker. I mean, I'm not saying anything like... I'm not dropping any crazy truth bombs here. I'm just kind of stating common sense. Not rocket science, you see? You see where I'm going with this? But it's just crazy to stop and think about a little bit because this stuff is so new and we're, like, having these articles that just take it for granted. Like, it's so amazing that somebody can wear something and that day people on Instagram will see it and then that brand's business will effectively change within one day, one 24-hour window because of all of the traffic from social media. And she was, um, what I'm talking about is Meghan Markle, um, she wore this, this uh, brand, this small denim brand from Wales called Hyatt. They're spelt weird. They're spelled H-U-I-T, or I think, like, like Hyatt or something, but it's pronounced Hyatt. Um, and they make all kinds of jeans, selvage denim, raw denim. Um, but the jeans she was wearing had about a $300-ish price point, maybe a little more, which sounds expensive for jeans. It is pretty expensive for jeans, um, realistically. I mean, I would never spend that much on jeans, but like, there's also a lot more expensive jeans than $300. Um, so when people started to realize about Hyatt Denim, they were trying to get those exact jeans because like $300 isn't crazy or unapproachable. Um, it's kind of like sneakers. $300 for sneakers, I'm not doing it. I've never fallen in that trap, but... I know in the grand scheme of things, if you're like, you know, a collector or whatever, 300 is, you know, that's like average for a nice pair of sneakers. It's nothing crazy. So I see why these jeans kind of took off like they did um, with the understanding in place that people are going to try to wear what celebrities wear, particularly celebrities like Meghan Markle that have some unique factors going on. Like she's becoming a princess, something that's romanticized to girls since they're young kids. Um, and she also was an actress and, you know, biracial, divorcee, yada, yada, yada. Like, she's a lot more mm, realist. Like, she, she's somebody that you can imagine coming from your town um, if you're from L.A. or somewhere like that. Whereas, like, 
Kate Middleton seems like she was trained to become, you know, the fiance or wife of a prince. Like, she just comes across like she was thrown into that world at a young age, whereas Meghan Markle is an outsider that, you know, just fell into it in a way. Um, so she just, like, invokes this sense of inclusiveness when it comes to the royal family and uh, kind of just breaking that wall down a little. So it under- And she's also, you know, she had a, her own lifestyle blog for a while. She had a site called thetig.com, which was basically her blogging about fashion and travel and stuff like that like she's you know she's she is very fashion forward in her own way she's not somebody that has some like pr person and stylist telling her what to do like she has she's a genuine fan of fashion of blogging you know lifestyle blogging like she gets it she's somebody that gets it in a way that past royal members maybe don't like princess diana was kind of the blueprint for that just because what she wore and how she acted was a little different and Meghan Markle is kind of like the next level of that um I don't really remember Princess Diana but I do remember when she died and how much of a big deal it was um I was in Block Island on vacation at the time kind of a weird vacation but uh I had no idea who she was and then when she died I kind of started to like look into it a little and realize how that was my first time I realized about the dangerousness of the paparazzi and how um just how aggressive they are encroaching on celebrities lives and how crazy that whole phenomenon is that's another story for another day um but back to Hyatt Denham when that original photo of Meghan Markle came out um they they had a so many so many order requests that they're I think still to this day on a three there's a three month wait list to get um any of their products which is insane in the membrane because this is just like some little denim company from Wales like this isn't a company that had a lot of brand dominance in the space beforehand they went from this little company um to a massive worldwide name like that oh and before i forget one of the biggest points of this whole topic is the fact that this gene company uh hyatt denim has to also open oh yeah uh, a new factory a new factory they're so backloaded with orders that they can't even stay in their current space and they moved to an entire new factory. Oh, and by the way, this isn't even the first brand where this happened. Uh, Strathbury, which is an accessories company out of Scotland, I believe, had the same kind of effect happen to them where she wore one of their products. Um, I think it was like a bag or something, and it sold out in 11 minutes after the photo was released. Um, I was reading this article about this whole phenomena and uh the founder of Strathbury Leanne Hundleby she was saying how uh what's interesting about Meghan Markle is that she's willing to embrace and wear smaller brands 
and increase their brand awareness as a result. Uh, she tends to mix up like high fashion, but also with small, more affordable brands. And uh, I think that, you know, again, it points back to inclusiveness. So the fact that she wears stuff that isn't all just high fashion and, you know, princess shit makes her a little more, I guess, appealing as an influencer because she's not just wearing stuff a regular common folk can't afford themselves. You know, it's affordable to them too. And that's what really makes uh, an impact with these small, when she wears these products from these small brands, it makes them sell out of inventory with the quickness, you know. So just to bring it back to an influencer marketing perspective, it's just crazy how these brands blow up out of nowhere and the extent that social media plays a part in all this stuff is just insane to me and how fast all this stuff is changing. The speed in which all this is changing is crazy. And, you know, I wasn't trying to use um, the royal wedding or anything like that just due to the fact that it happened recently and is a major cultural event. I wanted to use it just because it's the most extreme example of the stuff that I've been talking about in the past um, and just how can affect businesses like i also read another article i think it was the new york times article where they talked about the royal wedding the the royal wedding and what it's bringing into um to england and it's bringing in an economy boost of about a billion dollars um and the effect of like the clothing and the fashion items at the event are expected to bring in uh, roughly 150 million uh, actually not dollars i'm sorry pounds pounds which is more than dollars so a billion pounds um is what's expected from a tourism standpoint 150 million pounds is what is expected to be made in the fashion world based on what people are wearing at this event which is crazy. This is according to David Hay. David Hay, who was the CEO of a consultancy called Brand Finance that talks about and works with uh, branding, influencer marketing, digital marketing, uh, things like that. So that's what I just wanted to talk about. I just wanted to throw some numbers out there on the effect of what this cultural event means from a business standpoint and just how crazy influencer marketing can be and the funniest part of all of this is um since she started dating prince harry Meghan markle cannot have any social media she has zero social media accounts and she's most likely the biggest social influencer in the world right now i mean because she, what she's a part of from an interest standpoint beats out like singers or actors or things like that it's like kind of another level why it's another level you know why we still embrace the monarchy like this i have no idea to me it's a little weird we know it's a silly way to set up a state but in england you know there's this legacy nostalgia effect to it that still makes it um something people admire and you know you can see you can take the queen as like a uh, a symbol of you know hope things like that that play a part into why this uh, whole phenomenon of the royal family is still such a big thing but to me it's just it's it's a little nuts it's a little silly but uh i get it and i get Meghan markle 
um, in particular being such a point of interest as she is. Like, I remember watching the Suits back in the day. I watched season one and two of the Suits. I thought it was awesome. I don't even remember why I stopped watching it. I just think I kind of forgot about it. But, like, that show was good. And I remember Meghan Markle, before I even knew what her name was, as uh, her character, the paralegal on that show. And she even stood out on screen on that show. Like, she had a presence to her that some of the other actors on the show didn't have. So, I like, I totally understand it. Um, it's just crazy when you look at numbers and projected dollars or pounds, I'm sorry. We're talking pounds here um, that are at stake with all this stuff. It's pretty incredible. Um, and I'm interested to see in the future what happens with her as um, this kind of like cultural force and mega influencer yeah i think i think she'll be as big as diana if not much bigger um you know she has the fashion sense that like a real fashion head has Kay middleton does not have that oh seems like a nice lady you know she seems perfectly nice but she's you know kind of from the old guard you know she comes across um kind of milk toast, not that interesting. Uh, Meghan Markle's kind of this outsider. You know, she's very opinionated and she's, you know, the biracial thing helps too. Let's keep it real here. Um, in terms of interest and I but, I, but I think really it's her character. If she was just, you know, black and white but had a really dull personality and didn't have any charisma. I don't think she would be as big of a deal at all. I think it has to do more with her personality. I mean, okay, her looks probably play a part for sure. And uh, just her story and her upbringing and being, you know, nothing like what a typical uh, royal fiancé would be. Um, and it's paying off. You know, I'm, I'm just interested to see where this goes with this whole influencer marketing thing. Influencer marketing in general, um, but also particularly with her and does she you know, even up-level herself even more as an influencer and becomes um, even more of, of a cultural force to be reckoned with, kind of like on that Beyonce status. Because before I said being a royal family member kind of like transcends pop stars and things like that, well, I think Beyonce as a pop star has transcended pop stars, so I think she's something else too. Um, I think she might be as big as Meghan Markle as an influencer. But I think my point is is I, I can see Meghan Markle being like the royal family version of that if um, she continues to be this kind of representative of like a, f a fundamental shift in how we view royal family members. And um, if she's remembered in the future for her her nonprofit work and things like that and if she really makes a difference on that level I can see this growing even more you know like she could be the biggest celebrity in the world for the next 20 years or so 10 years 15 years I don't know what it is but I think she's she's getting close to that now but like I can see that sticking I can't I don't see it so much as her you know getting married and that's where all the hoopla comes from. And then once she's married, the hoopla dies down. I think there's something different here with her. Uh, but we'll see. 
and maybe I'm totally wrong on everything and uh, turns out horribly. Who the hell knows? I have no idea. Um, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to stop this ramble right now. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. Um, if you're listening to this and you're interested in the stuff that I'm ranting and raving about, uh, I think I'm going to do another episode soon. It's going to be more about music production, most likely. Maybe. I don't know. And I'm going to do another, uh, another sneaker episode. There's a lot going on in the sneaker world that's pretty interesting. Um, looking like Drake might be going to Adidas. We'll see. That's it. That's all I got for now. Signing off. I will see you guys next time. Peace. Take it easy.